Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Journey Within Podcast. I have a special guest on with me today, Ira Conklin. And Ira actually just completed his Grand Slam of sheep hunting. Uh, let's see, it would have been a couple of months ago. Um, down in Sonora with his desert sheep, and we're going to cover the the 30-year spread that it took him to complete that and, and hear some hunting stories along the way and, and just how he got into hunting as well. How are you doing today, Ira? I'm doing great, Mark. How about yourself? Doing perfect. Awesome. Doing perfect. So where, where, are you, where are you born and raised? Born and raised in Newburgh, New York, which is about uh, 60 miles north of New York City, maybe 15 miles north of West Point in the Catskill Mountains. <laughs> Okay, so I got to ask, are you a baseball fan? Uh, to be honest with you, I'm not. That's okay, because I'm a Red Sox fan, so you were from New York. It was, it was going to get <laughs> there to start. Get a little dicey. <laughs> yeah, it was going to get dicey before we even got going here, but that, that's okay. So, how? Um, obviously a hunter, how did you get into hunting? Um, I got into it, really. My dad brought me into it. My grandfather before him um, uh, hunted uh, quite a bit. My dad... Um, hunted as well a lot um i ended up doing they've never traveled to go hunting my my grandfather or my dad never traveled and you know only new york and did you know white-tailed deer was the you know the big you know take a couple weeks off work and Mm -hmm. just go deer hunting but um i'm the first one that really went out and traveled a little bit more read all kinds of stories you know on the magazines jack o'connor really got me going with the, you know, his sheep hunting stories and, uh, read them all and, um, just really got into, you know, wanting to have that drive to go and travel and hunt. And, um, you know, that's kind of how it, how it went. Um, uh, my grandfather and his brother bought, uh, you know, quite a bit of acreage up in the, in the mountains. And that was, uh, you know, even today, if you go visit it, uh, it's like, going back to you know you get a peace of mind back and you just get back into away from these crazy cell phones and computers and everything else like that's a super relaxing place to go and and just get away from it all but uh, that's that's really where i got it from my parents and you know my my uh my grandparents so was it was it just whitetail hunting for you growing up or did you upland hunt or uh, no i hunt or I, I hunted uh you know, we started out with, uh, you know, squirrels and rabbits and moved up to some pheasants. And, um, you know, the big game was more was more whitetail deer hunting. My first trip was to the Selway in Idaho. Uh, I think it was my first year after I graduated high school. I went to Idaho and went elk hunting uh, horseback trip in whatever it was maybe 23 miles back in and um was unsuccessful on the hunt um but 
got a taste of it and really loved doing it. And, you know, uh, just the whole experience. I loved being out there. And, um, that was, that was, that's kind of what got me started. Um, hunted a lot. Uh, you know, we have, I had some friends that had a lease in Texas. That's where we, I started doing whitetail deer hunting and uh, down near Freer, Texas. And, um, did quite a bit of deer hunting down there. Uh, we'd go every December or January, depending on, on everybody's schedule, but we, we'd always go down for 10 days and, and went deer hunting on the, those trips though. That's when I started taking my dad with me and, um, he, he went on many of those, uh, the Texas trips. And, um, in between all that, I would be, uh, you know, we went on a doll sheep hunt, uh, went on a brown bear hunt, um, went on stone sheep hunt and a mountain goat hunt and um went up for muskox uh the muskox i ended up doing with a bow and uh, and then did some elk hunting with back to elk hunting with the gun and then started doing elk hunting with the bow and was successful on a whole bunch of those trips and um you know did a mountain lion with the bow so it was kind of back and forth between the bow and the rifle. And to be honest with you, I just don't have the time that it would really require to, to get really good trophy animals with the bow. I just, uh, you know, mm-hmm. once I commitment to take off, you know, work or leave my business and, um, it, it, you know, I want to, I want to take my time allotted, but I just feel that, you know, going out with the bow is just, it's really demanding. If you, you know, demands a lot of time, if you want to, get a really really nice trophy bow uh, you know or and or anything by the way with the bow but uh, a couple of the hunts went out with the bow um yeah it's just uh you know been alaska several times now and i I did um i want to say all the way through early 2000s from the I think the first trip out to the Selway was 79, I think it was. Um, and the just just started, you know, the traveling went all through the 2000, early 2000s, like 2005 or so. And then I kind of got into more bird hanging. I would go to Argentina once or twice a year and, you know, for ducks and and doves did a lot of competitive clay birds, clay shooting and things like that. And uh, at that time I, I was uh, 40 years old. My son Ira was born and, um, and it was really, you know, I would just take him with me all the time. You know, once he got to five, six years old, he was out in the goose fields with me. We were shooting yeah. geese. And you know, I remember the first time he, you know, couldn't wait to get out of the, out of the lay down blind and run up and, you know, grab the goose. And the minute he got up to it, it stood up and, you know, he, <laughs> he came running back to me faster than the, the goose was running the other way. But um, yeah, he was with me all the time. So, so I did more bird hunting and I've taken him his first trip to Argentina with, when he was 13 years old and he's been there every year since we've gone together on that. And um so that's, he's, you know, I really I did the sporting clays and, and that stuff. He, he became a very accomplished shooter himself. So it was something that we really did a lot of that together. And uh, he, he learned to hunt the way I did just by, you know, being with my dad. And, um, you know, so in the meantime, I was doing most of my big hunt, big, big game hunting. Uh, you know, he was born in 99. So I, I, he was, he did, um, uh, a lot of the, the sporting clays with me and that stuff. And, and then, you know, he's uh, right now, he's kind of like a, a hunting machine. Um, he loves to do his duck hunting and things like that. But, you know, getting back to the, to our, my story, the sheep, um, I started, I think that my first sheep hunt, pretty sure it was around 80. It was either 88 or 89. I shot a, uh, I shot a, um, a doll sheep in Alaska. And, and that's, okay. that's really got me hooked on the sheep. I love the, love the, the whole adventure, the hike, what, hiking. Go ahead. When you, uh, when you were planning that one out, what made you, what made you book a sheep hunt? Well, 
bucket that sheep, first one. But the first one with I mean bucket with that guy that no, I, just, just no, just what, what made you what made you say I want to go sheep hunting for the first time? Uh, just I read you know I read the Jack O'Connor books. I had bought a couple of his books and you know the articles and and I just wanted to go try. You know, it sounded like a an a, an adventure, you know, for me to be flown in. And then it was a, it was a, um, a, a hike, you know, it was basically, you know, hiking, but they flew you back in, landed, you dropped you off and uh, with a guide and, and you were there for, you know, at that time, no satellite phones, no nothing. We were there for, for eight days and, um, you know, and then they came and got you and it was just, uh, just the adventure that I wanted. And I wanted something that we could spot and stalk and, you know, you were hunting something, uh, it really got into me a little bit. That's that's what I wanted mm-hmm. to do. That's what uh, I talked to a lot of people that go on that that first sheep hunt, and you get say you get bit by the bug. Yeah, because um, there's something about it. It's you challenge yourself like like not very many other things you can do in life. You're right because you just mentioned, especially back then. No, I mean now you go sheep hunting, you've got an inreach, you've got a uh, sat phone, and you're you're only. I mean, you can, you can talk to people as you're, as you're there. Um, when I first did my sheep hunt, we had a sat phone. We didn't have any in-reach shows before that, that time. And it's when you're up in the mountains and you're all day hiking and all of a sudden you get to, to set up a pop tent or wherever you're, wherever you're at. And it's just you in that tent, right? You, that tent and that guy that's, it's, you get a lot of time to think yeah, a lot of time to push yourself to wake up in the morning and keep climbing and, and so forth. And some of the, the best personal growth I've had are, has been on the side of a side of a mountain. Without, without a doubt. I mean, you said it all it, because you, you know, you're, it's a mentally, it's as hard mentally as it is physically in some cases. It's just, uh, yep. I mean, yeah, I can have blisters and I can get through some, you know, going to sleep at night and having the worst cramps in my legs that I've, think I could stand um and knowing you've been there for you know four days and you really haven't seen anything you want and in a couple days you see nothing and it's you know you really got to keep your focus and you gotta you gotta keep pushing and especially as I get older uh you know the last hunt which we'll talk about you know it's it's a challenge to you know to to say yeah yeah I can walk three miles you know across rocky desert terrain in 80 degree weather and then oh yeah i can climb halfway up the mountain and then when you're really doing it you you better do it that's yep yep so after your after your first hunt in 80 88 89 for doll yeah did you instantly know that you were going to try to do the slam at that point yes yep I, I wanted to, you know, I knew I wanted to hunt more sheep and I wanted to, you know, the goal then was to get to get the slam. That's, that was, that was my goal. And, and I've never registered any of my animals with the book. I, I always did it for myself. It wasn't for recognition yeah. or anything. I just did it to go hunting and, and have a great time. Um, I never really, you know, we have our, our lease, you know, we have a lease in Montana. We have one in, in the one in Texas that we have, you know, friends that would get all involved, but this was a solo. This is just me doing it and tell my friends, Oh yeah, I'm going to, going to be going sheep hunt. And that's, that's about all I did. And how, how'd you make out? I did. Okay. You know, I had a great time. And, yep. Um, yeah. So, uh, that's, that really got me going. And that's when I started, uh, you know, applying, I, I, I applied to, you know, I may have missed a year here or there with a state or two because before there was a service like you guys would provide, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you need to have have uh, all your paperwork together and, um, uh, you know, get the applications in on time. And for a while there, it was, uh, I forget, maybe it was Utah or something. It was like $3,000. You'd have to send your money in before they would, you know, now that's, you know, you give them a credit card number, you only get to pay an application fee, but it, it was, a, a for me, you know, working full time and, you know, trying to keep all that stuff on. I did it pretty much religiously every year for 30 years, uh, you know, to, for that desert sheep, you know, that, that would be the hard, you know, that was the one that was going to be the hardest. The other sheep, you, you know, you could, you could, get an outfitter that could have, you know, access to tags and things like that. So that was, uh, that was really, um, it was part of the, it was part of the whole process, but it was, uh, a lot more painstaking then than it is now. I mean, this the way it is now. It's, 
not easy as far as you know it's at least getting the applications in every year it can be done for sure yep so what was what was the second species of sheep you went after uh the second one was a uh a, a rocky mountain bighorn sheep from believe it or not montana uh okay. we now did you did you draw that tag or were uh, you hunting an indian reservation <laughs> Uh, I, I drew the tag. It was like, okay. it was okay. like I got hit by a, a light, a bolt of lightning. Um, <laughs> it was uh, unbelievable. And a, f- a friend of, of mine owns his father-in-law owned a ranch out there that same year. He says, you, you got to come out to my father-in-law's ranch. It's a great place. You have a lot of fun. We'll go shoot some mule deer. And Oh, by the way, put in for a, a bighorn sheep tag. You'll never get it. I'm like, okay. And I called him up and I says, I got the sheep tag. He says, now it must be for a you or something else like that. And I said, yeah. oh, I, said no, I, I think I got it. And then he caught, somehow they found out through the, you know, fishing game. He said, no, he says, you got it. You got the tag. You actually got it. Yeah. And, uh, I, I stayed, uh, what was it? Chinook, Montana. I stayed in Chinook when I, and I, I, again, traveled by myself out there. And when I went, uh, to the restaurant, uh, the people there started asking me if I got the sheep tag and I'm like, yeah. And, uh, you know, and I, I, at the time I really didn't know how coveted that sheep tag was. I mean, I was, you know, kind of naive about it and it's, uh, put it in first year. I got it. It's, you know, not the, not the big thing, but it was, a, it was, it was amazing. It was some crazy luck. No doubt. What year was that? Uh, I'm, uh, I'm going to say it was 90, 95. I think it was 95, 94, 95. Okay. And, um, yeah, got, the, got the tag and, uh, and went out and, um, I was, uh, when I, w- I went out the first, I went out twice. I went out opening of sheep season for a week and mm-hmm. I saw a lot of sheep, but nothing that I nothing that I wanted to, you know, I was looking for, you know, always looking for the biggest, I don't want to say a record, but always looking for the biggest sheep. And, um, I didn't see what I wanted and I was coming back to go mule deer hunting anyway. in uh, late, or was, I think it was about early November. And, uh, I went back and I ended up shooting the sheep in, in early November. And uh, when I when I went mule uh, deer hunting, so and this was you were just hunting your friend's ranch at this yes. point, right? Yep, that is crazy. Yep, and just uh, you know we we he had it's in the uh, Missouri River breaks. It's one of the I think it's one of the best areas, and um, I have hunted there every year since uh, since that that ninety ninety four ninety five every year for mule deer, and. Um, uh, I have seen 200 class sheep there. Um, maybe it was 10 years ago. That was the biggest sheep that I've ever seen, you know, bar none. And there was three of them together, two of them button heads. Uh, and, and it was, it was, we, um, Brian, who the, the owner of the ranch was with me. We were on four wheelers and we were coming up from the Missouri river and we stopped for a half an hour and watched these, three sheep, two of them constantly butting heads and the other one would join in here and there, you know, it was, it was awesome to watch. It was crazy. Sheep are, sheep are just amazing. So, all right. So then when did you go for the stone? The stone sheep, I went for that in 2000, 2002. Okay. In 2002, I went for the stone sheep and, um, uh, I did a combination hunt for that, for a stone sheep, a, um, uh, an elk and uh, mountain caribou. And I was successful on the, the stone sheep. I, I was not for an elk, but I did also shoot a caribou on that trip as well. Mountain caribou. Okay. Well, you got the, you got the two biggies out of the three there. Yeah. Do you remember, uh, which part of BC you were in? It must've been. Oh, let's see. We flew back. It was in with Dave Weens is who I went with. Okay. And, um, yeah, he flew us out and landed us. I, I don't, 
I should remember that, but I don't right now. Okay. And that was one just, just following along in your, your, yeah, just your pl- planning here. What, what led to, to booking that trip? It looks like you were about five or six years in between the dull to the Rocky. Yeah. About, a, about six or seven between, between that to the stone. Yes. Yeah. I ended up, um, uh, ended up, uh, I was reading about Dave, you know, a couple stories about him. And then at, at one time there was a, a thing called out the hunt report. And I used mm-hmm. to yeah. read the hunt report and Dave was always, you know, highly recommended and things like that. So I, I kind of got, and it was, I think it was a three year wait to get to, to get onto his, onto his schedule where he could accommodate me. And, um, I have to tell you, I forgot, uh, I shot a, uh, I missed one of the sheep that I shot. I shot another Rocky Mountain bighorn sheep with Albert Cooper in British Columbia. And I'm trying to think of the year that was. I actually think that that was right after my doll sheep. I think that was around uh, 89 or 90. I think that's, okay. that's where I went. I went up with Albert. He was, um, he was 70, 70 some years old. And he was, it was a two day horseback ride into his, into his area, uh, near Cranbrook, British Columbia. That's, that's near there is where we were. And it was, uh, that was, uh, that sheep was a really big, I think it was a 183 or 184. It scored that sheep was, was a really big sheep. Yeah. And Albert's father had, uh, two uh, like trappers cabins in the, in the mountains. And, um, we spent one night at, at, uh, it was around a, I think it was like a 14 or 15 mile horseback ride to the first, first cabin. And, uh, the very next morning I shot a, a gigantic, a gigantic, a gigantic elk. I think it was three, 370 right around there elk and um we ended up we packed that back out to town got that in the process thing came back in and then we did the the two-day ride in one day to get back up into the into the mountains and i ended up shooting that uh, bighorn sheep and i also shot a mountain goat on that trip as well oh that's awesome yeah it was it was a that's one of my most memorable trips and um uh, you know, Albert, of course, was there, and and Doug Gertner was another guy that was with me, and uh, you know, still talk to them. Albert has passed, but uh, Doug has talked to him, you know, a little bit here and there. That was a heck of a trip. So then, after the stone, and you said you'd been applying, your your goal was to try to draw the desert yes, somewhere in the U.S. To, to draw the desert. That's what I really wanted to do. And um, it just got to be where it's, you know, it got to be to the point where there's it's just not going to happen in my lifetime you know i could just no matter how many bonus points i have 30 you know 27 bonus points with one person it was just getting too much and i just decided to to uh you know just go to mexico and and get the tag and you know go get the slam completed and um and i wanted my son to go with me too and it was just the time I think the time I was always worried that I wouldn't be, you know, as, uh, uh, an older father, I wouldn't be able to do the things I, I could do as a young, younger guy. And I wanted to make sure that, that we got to go together, at least on that hunt, you know, so that's, that was really a driving point. And, and so on, you know, our, my business is, uh, oh, you know, I'm in the construction business and I sold one business and started up another business and that's got, you know, got some traction so where that's been pretty busy for me so we're able to do some of these things that we weren't able to do in the past wta tags is a full service licensing program available to today's sportsmen bottom line they help hunters draw the very best limited entry big game tags they offer professional consultation on where to apply and then properly complete and submit your applications to the states Tags has the easiest, most reliable, and most complete service to assist you in drawing that tag of a lifetime. For a free tags consultation, call 1-800-755-8247 
or visit them online at WorldwideTrophyAdventures.com slash tags. That's WorldwideTrophyAdventures.com slash T-A-G-S. I travel all over the world and in some of the most remote places known. For all my adventure trip insurance, it is a must, and I trust Global Rescue to take care of me no matter where I am. When you book a trip with Worldwide Trophy Adventures, be sure to ask about Global Rescue Trip Insurance. They will be there when it matters the most. I'm a believer in using the best, and that's exactly what Gunworks rifles are, the best on the market. If you want to sharpen your skills and ability, make sure to check out their Long Range University. From the rifle build to the perfect shot, Gunworks is your partner in the pursuit of long-range perfection, 1,000 yards out of the box. Now, how long had you thought about going down to Mexico for your for your desert before you finally pulled the trigger? Um, I bet it, uh, I bet ten years. I bet. Okay. It just and then uh, I forgot I forgot to tell you because uh, Matt, I just actually recorded a podcast with Matt Gindorf yeah. um, this morning, so Matt wanted to make sure to say hi to you. Yeah, yeah, he's a great guy gonna do yeah. do some more so, smart trips with matt too so um when uh walk, walk us kind of through when you were talking with matt and matt was matt was talking about the outfitter you would go with and in the trip and so forth down there what what was the point that that sold you on it um well i think it was, it was really matt and um you know he's you know he's got so much hunting experience with i want to say with everything um, and he knew right where I want, where, you know, right where I was coming from, how my, how my, how my thinking was about what I wanted to do for the desert sheep and, um, answered, you know, the questions I had about it. You know, number one, I, I was always concerned it wasn't a fair chase, you know, in Mexico, which is the mm-hmm. absolute opposite of what it is. Cause that's some rough, gigantic country. And, um, he really, um, you know, he, he just, he really, um, he, he knew a lot about the outfitter and he couldn't say enough about how he, you know, all the various trips that he, you know, he has taken other people on. He, besides the, the mule deer they hunt, you know, I'm sorry, besides the, uh, desert sheep, they do the mule deer hunting and things like that. And, um, just, just what he told me and, and and the answers that he gave me is what i what really sold me on it and um uh once i made the commitment um everything else was uh i don't want to make it sound like a sales pitch but everything like fell into place the the, got the contracts i got you know the opportunity to get insurance trip insurance got insurance you know for you know you could you can uh, use a travel agency that's associated with with you know, with the WTA, they made things very simple for me to just like, all right, let's make it happen. And here's what we got to do. And oh, by the way, can I bring, you know, an observer with me, which I, you know, I wanted to bring my son with me. Yeah. And there was no problem. And, um, and it just, I mean, once, you know, talking to Matt and I know, oh, by the way, I'm, you know, was thinking about booking another trip with him, you know, that day I said, I better wait, get through this trip to see how it all works out. But uh, I was really comfortable with him and he kind of, he'd reach out here and there and just, uh, you know, see if everything's good. Or, you know, we, we asked me on some questions. We always talked about hunting, doing some other different trips too. So it was, uh, that's, that's really, so, Matt sold the deal. I mean, that's, that's kind of how it was. So I use uh, Matt, Matt, I don't know if good or bad, but Matt was the one on, on my team that, that helps me with all the slams that I go and do. So he just helped me with the New Zealand slam. He did the, the North America waterfall slam that I filmed and then um, the South America waterfall slam too. So I, I know Matt extremely well. He's caught me in my best and, and probably my worst when I've been in the field filming. So, um, but he, he does, he's so knowledgeable in all these areas. Amazing. He's absolutely amazing yep. with that stuff. It's just uh, when you start talking to him, you just want to, you want to go. And he's, he's, he's an honest guy. So that, that's the way I put it. You know, you just, he's going to tell you the way it is. And, and, and that's, that's the way it's going to be, by the way. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. So let's, let's walk through. I've, so I've been fortunate. I've hunted uh free range desert sheep in, in mainland Sonora twice before. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and I absolutely, I, I love it, right? It's sheep, it's just like sheep hunting everywhere else, except that, that you usually take a car and glass up every day. Yeah. Um, but just like sheep hunting everywhere else, it's, it's extremely tough. It's, it gets hot there. So there's not much in midday. It's not like hunting up North where you can keep going. There's a lot of, a lot of downtime in the day when it gets warm. Yeah. Um, but let's walk, let's walk through your hunt. Was it, I guess before that, what were, what was your mind telling you that the hunt was going to be like? Um, my mind was telling me to be prepared for a lot of walking and the, the hot weather. That's, that's the heat was going to, was going to be a problem for me. Cause I, I do better with, you know, colder weather and, yep. um, than I do with the heat. And, um, I was concerned that, uh, when, by the way, I lost once I committed to the, to the committed to the hunt, I ended up, I lost 35 pounds. I, did a lot of walking and uh, you know watch my diet and all that kind of stuff and just just started getting myself geared up but more than that i got myself geared up mentally and i was telling my son i said you know you're going to need to it's going to be uncomfortable sometimes so you better be ready for it you know, I, and i told him i said i can't explain it but you just need to be ready for what's going to get thrown at you and you just got to take it and mm -hmm. deal with it. So, so be ready. And, and so mentally I was getting myself ready physically. I, I thought I was better shape than I'd been in probably the last, you know, five or six years, it, just losing, losing the weight and, and doing the, making a commitment to something and, and knowing what you got to go through to get it and make it happen. It, it, that's a, a really a driving force with me too even for some other hunts, you know, I, I, now that I'm back into it, I want to, you know, do, got some plans for some more, you know, some more trips to, to get going. I got a, a few more animals I want to shoot, you know, I want me to get a big Yukon, a big Yukon, Alaskan Yukon moose. Um, okay. Maybe want to go get another doll sheep, but that's here, they're there, but they're getting in shape and, and, and that's a really big part of it. So I made that commitment and, and got my son to, to buy into it. And, um, yeah, that's, that's kind of where we got going with that. And then, so I was ready for that stuff and, um, we were met at the, and, and oh, by the way, the, the, the I'll call it the gun paperwork was all taken care of by by uh you know the outfitter that wta uses there he had everything done he had you know and then i'll call it an interpreter in the in the customs area with you to walk you through get your guns through and get them out onto the you know get them out of the airport and onto the into the the, the trucks so we could get heading out and um the the drive was a two and a half hour drive drove up uh probably an eight or nine mile dirt road to uh you know the area and it's just a a really cool place open aired you're looking at it the sea of cortez is eight about eight miles away and you're kind of up above that a little bit so you can look out and see see that and um uh and then you know the mountains in the background and then you know they had cooks there that were cooked amazing food and it was a tent camp, but it was, you know, concrete floors in the tent camp. And, and, you know, you had shower facilities there, bathroom facilities, um, that were, you know, running water, hot water, cold water, and, you know, normal, uh, you know, they were not outdoor type of toilets. They were, you know, in a, in a, you know, in a building they had, um, and then every day, you know, the next first morning went out, sighted the guns and make sure everything was ready. And then, uh, you know, it started um, hunting. And there was, I want I think there was eight, eight guys, it could have been nine guys out there. We had almost two teams of people. Everybody's always got, you know, the going somewhere to look for sheep. And that's all it is, mm -hmm. is just looking all the time and, you know, driving around and, um, the second day we were first day we saw a decent ram and we were back up glassing for it and they got a radio call and said hey there's there's a sheep that's down low looks pretty decent that we could get to and we went we went over for that you know we climbed down it was maybe a half hour we got over to where the other guys were and they had it spotted we looked at it it was a really nice sheep 
And um, it was not a bad walk. It was maybe a mile or so, and then a small little bit of a hill. And we got set up, and um, I ended up missing the sheep. It was 500 and some yards. And I was confident, really. 500 yards was my limit, but it was 520 yards or 530 yards, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll blame it on the sun. <laughs> But, but you know, but the end result is I just missed. I mean, that the sun happened to be right between, right on the backside of the sheep, and I was shooting into the sun, and everything was very gray. You know, you could, some, you really need to pick out a spot on that sheep. You just need to have the one. You know, I don't. Want, I'll call it an inch spot. You don't want to be shooting at the sheep. You just want to. You want to pick a spot and yep. and kill it. And it, it. And that was. I was not focused on that. So that's that's what happened and um you know you can see the disappointment and in everybody's eyes but you know that's hunting what are you going to do and i tried to you know rise above it and my my son was like he was crushed you know because i'm very confident with the gun and you know i've had that it's the same gun you know a custom chet brown gun that i bought in their mid 80s seven millimeter that I've used for pretty much everything that I shoot was with that gun and um, confident with it. And I missed, and you know, it was, it was uh, deflating, however you want to call it. But we went on and um, you, you, after, I think when I finally shot the sheep, it was, we saw a lot of sheep in the meantime, we probably would see, I'm going to say you'd see 20 or 30 sheep a day um, and you'd see a couple really big rams, but they were, you know, going to be in a spot where we'd have to come back tomorrow or something. Mm -hmm. And uh, the one sheep we ended up seeing was uh, going back to the point, you know, I was getting, it was, we were had an eight day hunt and I think this was day six and we were like, you know, my son kept saying, what are you going to do if you don't get a sheep? I'm like, well, let's, I said, we got a couple more days to go. I said, but, and, you know, he was getting, well, what are you going to, I'm like, we're going to just keep hunting and see what happens. And I said, the disaster happens and we don't end up shooting a sheep. We're going to ask to see if we can spend another few days here and mm-hmm. see if, what we can do. I, I said, I don't, I really don't know. And, and you could see it was like wearing on him. And I said, that's what I'm talking about. You know, you're here to hunt. It's not a given that anything's going to happen. You got to do the best you can do and kick yourself in the behind the whole time for missing. But that's that's what happens. It just just did. And um, so we finally saw a really nice sheep. And uh, I, I think it was in the end of day six. And um, and then we went back the next morning and we ended up seeing him a little bit further up the mountain than where he was before. And he was with uh, four other rams. And uh, we kind of saw where they were and they bedded down. So we said, well, let's get closer. We went walked a couple miles or a mile and a half or whatever it was. And then we, we got better eyes on him and he was really, he, that's the one we wanted. We had saw him, I think on day f- four, and we hadn't seen him again. And now we're, that's the one we wanted to go get. And we ended up uh, having lunch and it was really, really hot. And we said, let's, we're going to have to go and get, get up. If he comes back to where he was last night, when we saw him, we're going to, we're going to go up to, up to try to cut him off. And it was, uh, again, another, it was probably a half hour walk and we got up to, uh, the, the base of the mountain and then we started to climb up and it was really steep um, and if you're afraid of heights you'd be because I am I don't I'm not super comfortable with heights I'm not terrified of them either but um, my hands were sweating and if you make a mistake you're going to have quite a tumble and hopefully everything will work out but uh, got up got into a position and um, sure enough they started coming down the basically into the same little I'll call it a ravine or a little valley where they were the day before and we just waited and kept waiting and then finally got to a spot where there was uh, I think it was four 
480 yards. And um, again, I was super confident. I had no sun to bother me. (laughs) Everything was perfect. And then once we got set up and got a nice rest, um, just made the shot and it all worked out. Awesome. But I got to tell you something. Yeah. When when it went from where we shot it, it took us an hour and a half. And it, again, 480 yards. It took us an hour and a half to get from where we shot it to where the sheep laid. Um, it just was, you, we, we had to go down, you know, climb back down these cliffs and then up a, an old stream bed and then climb up other cliffs to get to the other side to where he was. It was, it was exhausting. I mean, it was just exhausting. But when you got up there and saw that, um, I mean, it was, for me, it was elation. You know, it was like, oh, my God, I can't believe I did it. And, um, you know, took all the pictures and and, and everybody, you know, the, even the other spotters ended up coming up because they, we had to, you know, scan them out and bring get all the meat back and all that other stuff. So everybody ended up coming up eventually. And, uh, you know, we came back well after dark, but it was uh, it was a real adventure. So I I've been fortunate enough because I've seen the 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 video. So anybody that's listening, um, Lee from WTA was actually with Ira and his son uh, filming this hunt. So it's going to drop on the the WTA um, YouTube page coming up here. So I actually got to see the reaction and so forth after. But what was your feeling after you saw that ram go down, and more so, what was your son's feeling? Oh well, uh, I like. I was like, finally, I mean, you know, it's just been so many years of, of wanting to do this and it's really finally happened. And, and my son, you know, he's always inquisitive looking at him, you know, what's, you know, he wants to get involved and he wants to go on hunts and that stuff. So he's always, he knows what I've been going through and, um, he got teary eyed. Yeah. He got teary eyed on the, on the thing. He was upset. You know, of course my dad had passed away a little bit you know, before that. And, um, and he and my dad were really close. So he just, you know, he was so happy that it, that it, that it happened in it. And it like, uh, it was, it was a great feeling. It was, it was awesome. And I do want to go forward, you know, go another couple hours after that. I have to tell you, I was thinking to myself, what am I going to do now? Cause that's, I, I've been, I've been at this, you know, this was a goal, that okay oh and now i reached it now what am i going to do now you know now what's going to happen and and for you know i don't know a day probably i was just like not moping around but i was like what am i going to do now what's 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 the thing am i going to do an alaskan yukon moose or am i going to do a doll sheep or i i i couldn't i can't not want to go hunting somewhere i mean i can't i can't you know, I have to have a goal. So it's, yep. it was like a little bit of a lull, I'll call it. You know, I can't even imagine what, what you go through when you end up, uh, you know, doing the war, the, the different slams you do and you're accomplished. You're like, okay, what, what am I going to do now? You, you actually hit the nail on the head, right? So I've, I've got that question a lot, um, really after the North America waterfall slam, just because I think it relates to a lot more, a lot more people that follow me versus the international ones. Yeah. Um, what did you feel afterwards? And I'm like, man, afterwards, it wasn't, it wasn't the last moment that led to it. Right. It wasn't, it wasn't seeing the King hit the water in Greenland. It was, it wasn't that it was the year before that with all the planning, all the effort that went in the, the making sure that you're the, like for that one, the shotgun was right target shooting making sure that i was i was physically and mentally fit and ready for it and and doing all the locations and the ups and downs and and like the end part like i always tell everybody it's it's not the destination it's the journey Journey, right it's the journey that it's the journey that makes it that for me that really makes it and at the end it was over and it was kind of like you like you just said it was man that's awesome now what yeah. What are we going to do next? Yeah. Right. Like it was, it was, it was that it was so goal oriented and enjoying the journey all along the way. And then it was like, man, now what? And that's kind of what you said. Same, same type of thing. I've been fortunate enough to, um, to do a lot of amazing things. And, and usually that's, that's how it is, is you, you're successful and you complete and you, you celebrate that moment, but then it's right on to the next thing. Yeah. You, you know, I'm just like yeah. looking forward to doing, you know, I'm going to go to Africa, going to do, you know, just, and I've never been Africa before, and that's where I, you know, that's one of the things I'm, you know, with talking with Matt about, and we're 
got something hooked up, you know, lined up for that shortly. But that's really, you know, I just, for me, you know, my work is my work. So I, I'm focused on that and I'm, I not going to have been successful with it. And when it comes to hunting, I like to, you know, I like to do it and I want to really get some really nice, respectable animals. And mostly I want to just get to do it with myself and my son and just go have a good time and enjoy, you know, different cultures and different people. And, um, you know, you want the goals to do it and it keeps me in shape. It mm. keeps me, it keeps me motivated to, you know, keep working hard make, make some money and go spend it on, on hunting, enjoying yourself. Yep. I'm trying to remember somebody, somebody had one. Um, I'm trying to remember who it was. Uh, I don't remember if it was Alan Bolin or who it was. Somebody, I think it was Alan. Um, he's a, he's a really good archer out of Utah. Mm-hmm. And it was, I was re I was reading the story that he did and it was when he was growing, growing his, he had a, he had a company and he was growing it and he, he went and booked, a. uh, a big hunt, right? And he came back and, and his wife, you know, at the time was like, wow, how could you spend that much money and so forth? And he said, you know what? I, I did that because I have to go and make it now. Mm-hmm. Right. Like that was his, that was his motivation uh, early on. And when he was growing his company, he grew a, a giant um, um, security camera company, just absolutely home security home, just absolutely huge, huge company. Um, very successful, but that was his early on his, his, his addiction, as he said, it wasn't, wasn't drinking. It wasn't drugs. It wasn't anything like that. It was hunting. So he had to, he had to set a lifestyle that allowed him to fuel his addiction to hunting. Yeah. I, that's the, that's a fact. That's what we, that's what you do. And in the beginning of our conversation today, we were joking about the, if I was a baseball fan, um, my dad was a really good, uh, football player in high school. He, he, uh, got a uh, scholarship to Mississippi State. He was a really good football player, and and I'm, I like to do things like my dad did. But and I joined our high school team. I literally, you know, made varsity squad, and I didn't want to do it because I wanted to be hunting. It was, that was the mm-hmm. that was my hunting season, and you know, I just rather go hunting than than anything. It was such a drive with me. I just said, you know, I'm just going to do my own thing i never followed sports i just you know what i would like to do is you know practice with a bow and arrow go shoot the shotgun um just do anything with the you know even, I, I do some fishing i used to do a lot of fishing but you know do some fishing and that stuff and that's that was really my my thing and once i got the taste of traveling and you know going to alaska i think i was on before i shot i, I wanted wanted to get a 10 foot bear and and it took me three trips to alaska the best trips ever and uh you know one of the trips was uh i think uh, i don't know, I remember the year but it was 17 inches of rain in 11 days basically that sounds like brown bear hunting. yeah basically almost <laughs> never got out of the tent you know and, and it was so fogged in and it was just like it was it was unbelievably everything was wet for days, you know, it, it was crazy, but you know, those adventures are something I know I'll never forget. You know, we ran out of food at whatever day seven or eight or whatever it was. And we ended up just, we had pancake batter. So we ate pancakes for two days before we could, could get out. And then we had a hike along the beach to get to an area where, where we could, uh, there was another camp down the, down the way. Cause it would just, you know, we just were out of food and it was, it was just raining and blowing and it was crazy. So, but it was, you know, again, adventure and it was all good stuff. Oh, that's great. So where, I know you mentioned Africa, where are some other spots that you've got coming up on your schedule? i uh, going to go to back to Mexico. Uh, happened to be the same outfitter that we, we use for the, uh, for the uh, desert sheep. We're going to, you know, go down on a mule deer hunt. Myself and my son are going to go on a mule deer hunt. Um, well, we have our lease in Montana that we're going to, uh, in November. And then we do our going, uh, going down to there. I'm, I'm also going for elk in Mexico here, uh, coming up shortly in October, uh, this year. So we're doing that. 
and then next uh, next October October 2024 going to uh, going to Africa. Which uh, which country in Africa? Um, <laughs> I think Mozambique. Is that right? Okay. Yep. Pretty yep. sure it's Mozambique. Mozambique yeah. Yep. No, that's perfect. This will be your first trip there. First trip. Yes. I can I can tell you. So I was hesitant the first time I went to Africa, right? Like it, but then once my boots hit the ground, I became addicted, just like sheep hunting. Uh oh. It's 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 yeah. Oh, is the oh is the exact the exact exact thing you should say because it's it's one of those things that now all of a sudden I want to go see different countries, hunt different species, meet different meet different people. It's just so different than anywhere else that that you will have hunted here in North America and the people are great and it's just so different and it's I just love it right like you'll see the your first sunrise first sunset there the 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 red dirt I mean everything and if you especially if you read Jack O'Connor and all those all those people mm-hmm. like, the, yeah yep You're, it won't be your only trip there I can guarantee you that. <laughs> well <laughs> I'm really looking forward to it I can't I just can't wait I've been thinking about it and uh you know of course I'm gonna do it with my son and we're gonna you know we'll have a great time can't wait oh that's great oh that's great well perfect ira thank you for your time today again anybody that's that's listening we're gonna have um ira's desert sheep hunt hitting on the wta channel pretty soon make sure to to give that a watch it's a and it's a heck of a ram he he kind of undershot just how how big that one is for a free range uh sonora desert sheep so Ira, thank you for your time today. Thank you so much. I enjoyed it, and uh, thanks for for all your crew and and all the good things they do. Because you uh, you know, there's no worries when you go with you guys. That's for sure. Thanks for all your support and downloads. If you like this episode, please go and leave a five star review on Apple Podcasts, as that always helps. Do you want to book that hunt of a lifetime? Then give the team at Worldwide Trophy Adventures a call at one eight hundred three four six eight seven four seven. Or if you want to start a tags portfolio for those limited entry tags, give the team a call at 1-800-775-8247. Enjoy your journey.